welcome to Between the Lines. I'm Esther Hatch, and I'm here with Sarah M. Eden, Sean M. Bessie, and Tracy hunter Abramson. We're so excited to be here today, and today our topic is about entertainment and why it's important. And I kind of purposely picked this topic because it's something I've been thinking a lot about lately. And while I've got these authors kind of captive in a studio room, <laughs> I wanted to hear kind of what their experiences have been because it's something that um, I'm newer than the three of them. And it's something I've been thinking a lot about lately as I adjust to the expectations and the understanding of what being an author is. So um, a lot of what made me start thinking about this topic is just that when I first started writing, I felt kind of called towards it. I felt like this is something important. It's something that I should do with my life. And then you get wrapped up in the middle of it and you feel a little bit about like, well, what is it about entertaining people and this genre fiction that we write? We all write to entertain that is important. So I kind of wanted to talk to you guys about um, this. If you've had kind of similar experiences, have you felt called to write like that? I would say for me, I didn't start writing because I felt like a call to do it or I felt drawn to do it. But the more time I've spent as a writer, the more time I've invested in it, the more I feel like there's there's a purpose for me to do it, that there's a reason I stick to it, that it, it draws me back every time I try to escape. So <laughs> I don't know if that's a calling or a captivity, but it, it keeps bringing me back. I'm, I mean, the word escape just kind of... <laughs> it kind of tells you everything tells you, you need to know. Tells you a little bit, yes, yes. And I think for me, like, I started writing for fun just because I had those voices in my head that wouldn't go away. But the reason I pursued publication was because I saw that there was a huge gap in the market at the time. And this was, you know, 20 years ago when I started really pursuing this, um, that there wasn't a lot of clean fiction that was bridging between that young adult into adult. It was adult fiction, but it was suitable t for younger readers. So that was my big thing. But really, I've been trying to fill that gap. So I guess... Like Sarah said, you know, once you get in, you feel like, wow, there's other people are really appreciating that that's out there, that there's this wholesome entertainment that everyone can enjoy, that you can be going across the country with grandma in the front seat and teenager in the back, and everyone can enjoy the same story. Yeah, I love that. I love that, too. And I think that maybe my beginning was a little different than most people because uh, many of you, well, everyone in this room knows that I grew up in Wales, and... I started writing because I started getting this overwhelming sadness that my children didn't have the same connection to the heritage that I had had growing up in Wales. And so I started writing when my youngest child was a baby, and when she took her nap, I started a fictional story that was set in Wales. And I, I used it as a way to show my children what it was like to grow up in a little village in Wales, because all they had known was the Western United States. And so really, I wrote my first book for my children and for my family. And it was only when my sister-in-law, who had never lived in Wales, read it and said, <laughs> you need to send this into a publisher, that I started on this journey. So I guess in some ways, I did feel a call to write. I love that. I, it's so interesting to see the different ways we came to publishing. And kind of, it's interesting to me because your stories feel a little bit more like part of your call is you knew why. And I think part of why I'm like so curious to what you guys are thinking about is because I don't know that I knew the why. I just felt mm -hmm. like um, I should write. Like I sh I, and it, it didn't start out that way. It started out something fun, but then there was a definite decision point of 
I should get published, I should try and do this for real. And so it's really interesting for me to hear your reasons as to why it is important and why what we're doing is important. Any other like thoughts on how important writing, like, like why do we feel like this can be a calling in well, our lives? Think about it this past year. How many people got so tired of Netflix and whatever <laughs> else they had that they, even the video games, kids were like, what else do we do? And so really so many people were looking for an escape from reality. We saw this back even in 2008 when, you know, when the markets crashed. Everyone was just hungry. While a lot of people were really struggling, that was where they went. They go to the library, go to the bookstore and find something to give them a little reprieve from the hard things in life just so that they can enjoy being someplace else, be someone else for a short time. For sure. And like, I do think this has been an unprecedented time. That's something that's overused right now, maybe. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like my, I had a book release right at the beginning of everything closing down. Right. Um, so did I. Yeah. 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 We all did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for me, it's more rare to release a book. I should have known. I should have known you all did. But I definitely, it was a book I was worried about because for the first time ever, I had kind of just focused on being funny, I guess. <laughs> and it's kind of a ridiculous story. It really is. Um, and I was very nervous about it. And I felt like the timing actually, oddly enough, was perfect because there was a lot of serious things going on in the world right. already. And for some people, they still want that seriousness. But I think there was like a cry for, hey, I need something lighthearted. I need something to take my mind off of everything. Something that, is, that will make you smile. Yes. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. So, And I think in the midst of, like you said, unprecedented times, there's something comforting about those things that are familiar. So to be able to still read a book, to be able to still sit down and watch a television program you've enjoyed, there's a sense of normalcy there that had been just ripped away so drastically during you know the last year with this pandemic. So I think there's, yeah, some value there that we don't always think about. Definitely, definitely. And I think it's been interesting for me, the longer I've written, the more I start to interact with um, readers. And that's one of the things that has also helped me to understand how important this is, is I have gotten some emails or I actually got my first ever handwritten letter just <laughs> a week or two ago. And um, it, it, it definitely helps me to understand like, hey, this is important. Have you guys had experiences like that that have like made you feel like, wow, I, I made a difference in someone's life? I had a really, really incredible one happen a few years ago at a book signing. And ask any author who's done book signings, they aren't always positive experiences, <laughs> but this one really, really was. And you know, I talked about how I didn't really feel like a call to write when I first started, and so I struggled a little to feel like, is there a point to this? Like, am I just wasting everyone's time, including my own? But this was one of those moments where I thought, okay, there is importance to what I do. There's value in this. I was at a book signing and um, and there was a man waiting in line, which is only notable because I don't have a lot of male readers. <laughs> I write <laughs> historical romance, which tends to attract female readers. And he waited in line to talk to me and he got up to the front and like I had no idea, you know, what, maybe he was there to get signed for someone else. You always assume they're not there to see you themselves. <laughs> Why do we do that? Um, and he told me that he was a single dad raising, um, it was three or four daughters and just didn't really know how to talk with them about things like dating and crushes and having, you know, dreams of romance. But his oldest daughter had come across my book in a library 
and he read it with her just because he wasn't sure you know, what it was. And yeah. now they all read my books together and talk about relationships and talk about you know, what to hope for in their future. And he says, I have a chance to say, you see how this person, you know, was willing to apologize or this person is trying to do better. Or you see how this guy's clearly the bad guy. That's a red flag. You watch out for that. But he said it gave him a way to talk with his daughters about something he felt incredibly ill-prepared to take on as a single dad. And it was just a moment where I thought, one, I need to make sure I'm... <laughs> Writing books that teach his daughters something good. And you don't realize the way you're going to touch people's lives. And that was a moment where I realized there is importance in the things that we do because it can make a difference for people. And we don't always realize that. I would have never guessed that uh, that, that would be one of the things that someone come back to you is to say, yeah. like, I'm a single dad. <clears throat> this has helped me speak with my daughter. I mean, yeah. and, and about dating and things. That's, right. Yeah. That's so amazing. I love I that. I think that's one of the things that I love about that story is that you write historical primarily. Uh-huh. And so here was somebody who was taking a setting from hundreds of years ago and able to apply it to today's growing up dating world. Right. And so that's, that's really a neat, a neat experience. I just had one recently where I had somebody write to me, um, and again, I think maybe the pandemic had played into it, but she wrote about how she had been feeling so discouraged, and she'd been in a really dark place, and that she had read my book, and it had lifted her, and it had given her hope to move forward. And um, when I read it, I was touched but I don't think I realized how much it had meant to her until I saw her several weeks later at a book signing and she came up and repeated the same message again. So it obviously had really made a difference in her life and that's when you really feel like you're touching people and that it's worth it. Yeah, yeah and I had similar situation. I, you know, I had a book signing and somebody came up and they were just, they'd never really been a big reader and they found my books and through finding mine, they found a lot of other people that they were interested in. So it was just really cool how they were talking about how it really drew their family together, how they were reading things, you know, as just like with Sarah, some of these be- became like, this is a family road trip. This is their, their shared culture. Yeah. And I've even had, uh, not long ago, had somebody come in and say that she was reading her, the books with her husband. And her husband was like, are there really good people like this out there? <laughs> and she's like, it, she was, it's actually made our, our marriage stronger to think, you know, we want to be, you know, the, have the integrity that some of these characters have and things like that. So it was just amazing to think, wow, people think like what we wrote actually made a difference in how somebody, their day-to-day life. Yeah, um, I love that. Sometimes I hear these stories and I think... What did I do to be qualified to give? <laughs> I mean, I'm hearing like marriage advice, parenting advice, relationship advice. But I, I do think like as writers and readers and people who are delving into books, you do get kind of an insight into the human psyche. And um, I think it's a beautiful thing about books. Is I've read studies about this where... Uh, the more books you read, the more sympathetic and empathetic you can be to other people because you do learn different things from books. And, and I don't think they classify what kind of books. What we write is all genre fiction. It's meant to entertain. That's why we're writing it. It's entertainment. It's something that you can leave your world behind a little bit and jump into a new one. Um, 
And I think that's part of the reason, I guess it's sometimes I feel like entertainment gets a bad rap, like go do some work, go get something done. <laughs> but I do think um, that when we look at the core of what we're gaining during this time and the entertainment, it really can make a difference in people's lives to spend some time in someone else's shoes. Um, anyone else have ideas of why like this really makes a difference to, to bring this kind of entertainment to people or any kind of entertainment? Well, I know one thing that I personally have gotten out of reading genre fiction, you know, aside from writing it, um, is, and we talked about this a little bit, a chance to kind of experience things through someone else's, um, someone else's eye, someone else's um, experiences in a book. I know for me, when I read a book in which someone is overcoming obstacles or someone is succeeding despite the odds, you have that moment of feeling like, things are possible. It gives you that hope. It gives you that, that, that drive. So I think we have a chance to, to gain hope from stories that are hopeful, and you find a lot of that in genre fiction. I love that. And I also think that people tend to live vicariously through our books. And so particularly the last 18 months where we haven't been able to do very much traveling, um, I love to set my books in places that are far away. M most of the time they're places that I have visited myself and it's just been so fun to see so many of my readers enjoying taking a trip to the Mediterranean or to Wales <laughs> or to New Zealand through my books because they're actually stuck at home with a mask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think that's another really fun way that we can share enjoyment, entertainment if you will, with readers. Yeah. But I also think it gives us a glimpse into, you know, into the, what the, the author's knowledge. I mean, you think about it, how many, you know, it might be fun and it might be lighthearted and things like that. But especially you guys, there's a lot of research that can go into this and you can learn a lot. How, how many people have walked through this, the halls of the CIA? Well, a lot of you have walked through it with me, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. because it's like, oh, yeah, like this is this is where we would go and this is how things operate and things like that. Whether it's military, CIA, walking through a different time, a different, you know, a different world, it really can give us not only escape, but a new understanding. Right. I love that. I just feel like um, hearing you say that about bringing us to other places, it's just bringing back memories of some of my favorite books and where I've traveled thanks right. to novels. And... Um, I didn't know exactly what we were going to talk about today completely and it just really, I really did want to hear your perspective on this because it's something I've been thinking a lot about lately and already I'm feeling like, yeah, it's good <laughs> to write books. Go <laughs> write all the books, Esther. <laughs> I'm going to write more books. <laughs> yes. No, I, I really appreciate you guys spending this time with me and like speaking about it. So thank you. Um, in, to end, I am just curious, like we've talked about how these books can impact our lives. I'm curious if there's a book each of you have that maybe impacted your life at some point and it continues to kind of be a special part of you. So I think the one that would probably, I would probably say would be Little House on the Prairie, that whole series. And it was for yeah. two things. One of it, I love the integrity in the stories. Like it was in learning, you know, the historical time, you know, that it was set in and everything, but also Laura Ingalls Wilder wrote in such a simplistic way that was so much more talented than I ever understood. I thought I could be a writer at that point in third grade. So, you know, it, it impacted me not only in kind of some of my core beliefs, but also 
that I felt like I could do anything. I love that. Uh, one that comes to my mind is Mansfield Park by Jane Austen. I first read it in high school and read it at a time when I could relate on such a deep level with the heroine of that novel. She was she's often described as small. And <laughs> <laughs> but also she was she tended to be overlooked and underestimated and brushed aside. And I think we all go through that phase, especially as teenagers, where you feel like the outcast. You feel like the one that no one no one understands you. But I felt like reading about her and watching her grow as a character and watching her find not only find her own strength, but learn to appreciate her own strengths without having to be become someone else meant a lot to me in that moment. It was exactly what I needed, but had been written by someone 200 years ago. And that's a powerful thing I in fiction. That. Oh, I love that too. I think that if I think about some of the books that affected me, especially as I was growing up, um, there's a series, and I don't actually know how many of our listeners will be familiar with this, um, because it, it was written by a British author called Arthur Ransom, and he did a series of books, and the first book was called Swallows and Amazons, and there were two sets of children, um, and one set were two girls called Nancy and Peggy, and they had all sorts of adventures together, and it, it was set in England, and at the time, I was probably in the equivalent of American middle, middle school at the time. And I lived in a little village and I didn't have very many friends because there just weren't very many people there. But I had one girl who became my best friend. And so we pretended that we were Nancy and Peggy. <laughs> I love that. And we lived about a quarter of a mile away and there was a stone wall between us and we had a little tube. It was a little bit narrower than a toilet paper tube that we stuck in a hole in the wall and we would leave secret messages for each other oh. in the tube. It was fantastic. We even ganged up on my brother because that's what Nancy and Peggy did with the boys <laughs> in their books. So that really became part of my growing up was, was the Swallows and Amazons books. Oh my no, goodness, I Now we know that. about the mischievous side of that's Sean Bessie. That's right, we learning <laughs> things. Yeah. You guys just all need to have old ancient walls with holes in them so you can put the two. We'll get right on that. <laughs> we really do. I love all those stories. I think for me, when I think back of like the book that I read, I probably read it the most. First of all, I think for a while I was reading it every year, starting in my teenage years, but um, it was Jane Eyre. And I think it was a lot, like Sarah said, with Mansfield Park, where you've got your quiet, under-looked-at woman who had never really felt love. So I just, I think I learned a lot about love in that mm -hmm. book. And the idea of seeing someone like... Right. She was never seen, but then she is, and what that means to her. So it has always held a very special place in my heart and helped me understand things. And um, with that, we're going to close. We thank so much for being here. Thanks for being my... Um, Interrogies. <laughs> What's the right word, Tracy? I don't know. I just, I just I interrogate. I never, I never on the other You've side have been an interrogee. No, I'm pretty sure that's not the right word. But um, don't worry, we're authors. We're suspect. All about words. Usually, it's a suspect. <laughs> yeah, suspects. I don't think you guys are suspects. Thanks for joining us on Between the Lines.